Amen. I uh, thank you. I yeah. Ooh, thank you. I, you know, whenever people are obedient to God, I, you know, it blesses me. It blesses my soul. I, you know, uh, the Spirit of God has truly been moving. Uh, you know, in the service this morning, I, I think that He has been preparing us for this for quite a while. Uh, you know, we have uh, we had district assembly this week and of course uh, you know whenever you send pastors to conferences and to district assembly uh, you know they normally come back with a lot of ammunition right uh, you know well uh, you know this week was no uh, you know no difference uh, you know it was a great week uh, you know what uh, district assembly so we have started a new year uh, you know last month was our very first month in our new year uh, and we're starting this off, and I want to, I want to start off this morning with a challenge, uh, you know, right off, and I will explain through the message the challenge that I'm going to give to you. We have revival coming up the last week in September, uh, the first week of August, or not that wouldn't work, would it? Uh, you know, September and October, the first week of October. And, uh, you know, so, I, you know, I've been really thinking about this, and I, I don't know if anybody else has done a study on revivals or, uh, you know, reformations, uh, you know, throughout, you know, history, uh, you know, but it's proven that revival happens after there's teaching. So you have teaching, and because of the teaching, then you have revival. So this morning, I want to begin with this challenge, and I think it's great that our church has a Tuesday night prayer uh, you know, meeting where that's all you do. You come in at 714 on Tuesday nights, there's a short devotion, there's prayer request, and then you pray. That is it. We pray for God's work to be done in people's lives. We pray for the church. Uh, we pray for healing. I really and truly believe in prayer, and the encouraging thing is, is that we have over 10% of the church that is represented every Tuesday night. So what is the challenge? The challenge is, is from now until September, the last week in September, I challenge you every Tuesday night at 6.30, shut off your TV turn off your cell phones, walk away from your computers, and designate 15 minutes to God. That's all I'm asking, 15 minutes. Okay? So that's an encouragement. So our Tuesday Bible or prayer meeting should double this coming Tuesday. If for no other reason than it's at Terry and Steve Ramsey's house, and they're going to be feeding you. But there's going to be prayer. And Miss Marlene is making green tomato cake. You, know, well, you can't go wrong with that. Uh, you know, but it's, we need to do this. So whenever we look at this and we think about this and think about this challenge, God has a revelation for you. Not for the church. He has a revelation for you. 
in Hebrews chapter 5, verses 11 through 14, we see that there's a problem. Because it says, there is much more we would like to say about this, but it is difficult to explain, especially since your spiritual dullness and you do not seem to listen. Ouch. Oh, my goodness. Uh, you know, the author of Hebrews is saying, hey, I have a lot that I want to talk to you about. There are things that I want to explain to you, but you won't be able to receive it, understand it, or hear it because of your spiritual walk. He goes on a little bit further. He goes on. Where, where am I? He goes on in there. That's where I'm at. And it says, you have been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others, but you're not. You're not teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you, again, the basic things about God's Word. You are like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. For some, for someone who lives on milk is still an infant and does not know what to or does not know to do what is right. Solid food is for those who are mature, who through training and have through training and have skills to recognize the difference between right and wrong. So we see that there, are, there is this message that the Hebrew writer is going to or trying to give to us as far as what we need to do and how we're supposed to live our lives. Now, yes, God gives, uh, you know, he, he gives a revelation, uh, you know, to the pastors, he gives us the words to speak. He gives us the message that we are supposed to present to the congregation, to the followers, the flock. He gives the Sunday school teachers the words to say. He gives Robbie and our praise and worship team the songs that they're supposed to sing. As long as they're listening to God and listening to what He has. But I want you to realize, I want you to get this and understand that it's not enough to be fed by other people. God Himself wants to feed you. God Himself has a revelation that He wants to give to you. So what is a revelation? A revelation that we have, and the definition is that it is a divine disclosure. It is a declaration, an utterance, or an announcement that is just for you. God has this just for you. Some of you might be sitting there and might be saying, Well, Pastor, I don't know where in the world you're getting this from. 
Because my understanding is, is that God talks to only the elite people, uh, you know, and that would be the pastors, the priests, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, his associates, and maybe the Sunday school teachers, uh, you know, some of the Sunday school teachers we're not sure about, but, uh, you know, they're supposed to be, right? Why is it so far-fetched to, for us to think that God has a word for us? After all, Scripture tells us that he's a good shepherd, right? And the Scripture tells us that the good shepherd, that we hear his voice, or the sheep hear his voice, and whenever they hear his voice, they follow him. So I did some more studying for you. You know, I really do. I I find sheep to be, you know, just fascinating. Uh, You know, I heard a story this last week. Uh, You know, there was, uh, you know, a sheep farmer that answered the call in the ministry late in his life. And, uh, you know, he was going with the district superintendent to his first, uh, you know, installment to be able to preach to this church. And as they're going through this countryside, they see this flock of sheep out there in this beautiful pasture, uh, you know, and... All of a sudden, uh, you know, the new preacher, he tells the district superintendent, he says, hey, pull over. You, gotta, you need to stop. He stops, and he just simply jumps out of the car. The, uh, you know, so the preacher jumps out of the car. Well, he doesn't go run into the flock. He goes into the field on the other side of the road, and he crosses over the fence, and he's headed out there. And, uh, you know, lo and behold, there's a sheep that's out there, and it's upside down. His feet's up in the air. Now, none of us, you know, we all know that if you see a car and you see rubber, something's gone seriously wrong, right? If you see a sheep and its feet's up in the air, something seriously has gone wrong. So he goes out there and he flips the sheep back over and the sheep's walking around, you know, is now walking around. And the district superintendent looks at him and says, why did you go running over there? I'm out here, I'm looking at all these beautiful sheep that's in the flock and you go running over here. And he said, well, he said, I don't know if you realize this, but an unsheared sheep is really top-heavy. And if they get flipped over on their back, they can't get back right. Therefore, he'd just simply lay there and suffocate. He knew where the sheep, he knew the one that he needed to go to. That's interesting. That's, that is great. Uh, you know, we need to know the sheep that we need to go and help. We, as God's people, if we're loving one another the way that we're supposed to, we know whenever other sheep are hurting, and we need to help them. Well, that sheep couldn't have another sheep to help it. It needed to have a shepherd to help it. So we, it's, it's interesting. I tell you that little story just simply to kind of show you my interest with sheep. You know, I do like the sheep that if you run up to them and you shout and scream that they freeze and, uh, you know, kind of pass out and fall over. I love those sheep. Uh, You know, and then you have the ones that like to jump around that for some odd reason people are putting them in their houses now. Domesticated sheep jumping around in your home. Uh, You know, man, that's cool. Okay, I need to move on with this. Uh, You know, the, the sheep, we do, this does make sense because if you... Look and you think about the sheep, especially whenever this passage is written. And I haven't even gotten to the passage yet for you, have I? 
Okay, it's in here somewhere. It's in John chapter 5, or chapter 10, and it's verses 1 through 5. And, and I know that y'all know this, but this is about the sheep. Uh, it says, I tell you the truth, anyone who sneaks over the wall of a shepherd's fold, rather than going through the gate, must surely be a thief and a robber. But the one who enters through the gate, uh, gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep recognize the voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. After he has gathered his flock, he walks ahead of them, and they follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they do not know his voice. So let's look at this. I want us to go back because here it has in verse 3 it talks about the gatekeeper. So we have the shepherds and then we have the gatekeeper uh, and it might be a little confusing for you but in this particular period of time whenever this passage was written you would have shepherds that would be out in the fields and uh, you know they would have upwards to about 100 maybe even 125 150 sheep in each flock that a shepherd would take care of but then they had a sheep's fold that they would actually bring them into for the night and we know we've kind of heard this the sheep's fold would be a field or be a part in the field or it could be a, a cave that's back into the cave uh, you know but it would be blocked off or fenced off with some stones and stuff that would be you know that would be stacked up most of them didn't have a literal gate uh, you know, a wooden gate that we would think of. It just simply had an opening, and that would be the gate. So what would happen is, is that all the shepherds of the field that was in that nearby field, they would bring their sheep into the sheep's fold at nighttime, and then one of the, you know, of the shepherds would stay behind for that evening as the other ones would go into town. Now, they would go into town to get something to eat and possibly shave or shower or something like that just simply because they had been out there for so long. But you have the one that lays down in front of that walkway, and he then becomes the gate. So he is the gatekeeper for that point in time, for that night. Uh, and, and then we see that the gatekeeper's responsibility is to make sure that, of course, nothing gets in through the gate to the gate that doesn't belong. There's no wolf or anything like that would come in through the gate. He's protecting and watching over the sheep as the night goes along. And then whenever the shepherds begin to come back to gather their sheep, he would begin to study that shepherd from a distance. And in studying that shepherd from the distance, he would recognize the character of that shepherd uh, you know, by the walk. How many of you have, how many, how many of you people, you people, how many of you guys, ladies and gentlemen, uh, you know, like to go to the mall and just simply sit and watch people? Do you like to do that? You can tell people by their walk. Uh, you know, women. Then you got your cool men. How many of you know what moseying is? Moseying along? That's actually a stride, if you don't know that. I'm just moseying along. 
You learn people. The gatekeeper would learn someone by their walk as they're headed towards the gate. He wants to make sure and he has to make sure that whoever it is that's coming is supposed to be coming. But not only that, that he is not a poster, an imposter and that he is pretending to be someone that he is not. There's many of shepherds that are really not shepherds. I find it interesting that in the passage of Scripture that we have that talks about going out and witnessing, in the King James, it tells us that we witness first to Jesus Christ. And then we witness to the ones in Jerusalem, and then to Judea, and then Samaria, and then to the ends of the earth. Jesus Christ gives us his stamp of approval on our lives. Mm. If you didn't get that, I'm sorry. But we have this. We have a shepherd that's walking up and the, the gatekeeper recognizes that he is the true shepherd. He steps out of the way and he allows the shepherd to enter into the fold. And the shepherd begins to call out his flock. And his flock recognizes his name. And in recognizing his name, they then follow him. And they follow him because they know him. If we don't know him, then we don't follow him. So whenever we're talking about this revelation that is for you, if you don't truly know Jesus Christ, then you will not hear the words that he has for you. There's this one line that we have in Scripture, and it's in the chapter, John chapter 10, it's verse, it's verse 27. It says, My sheep, listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. That's really simple, isn't it? Whenever we look at this, the first thing that we understand is the, first, the very first thing that we should get from this is, is that we're his sheep. He says, my sheep, not Sam's sheep, not Steve's, not Albert's, not Annette's, but my sheep. They know my voice. To be able to know his voice, we have to have a relationship with him. Last week I gave you a, a you know a quote from a book that I was reading. Uh, you know, so scripture presents us with two alternatives. And here it says either you believe in the resurrection and you believe in Jesus Christ or Jesus of Nazareth or you do not believe in the resurrection, and you do not believe in Jesus of the Nazarene. You are either a Christian or you are not a Christian. You are either part of the flock of Jesus Christ or you're not. And if you're not a part of the flock of Jesus Christ, and you die and you perish from this earth today, you will spend eternity in hell. 
If you are a flock of and a sheep of Jesus Christ, and you believe and you trust in the resurrection and you believe in Him, then you will spend eternity with Him in heaven. Those are the options. That's what you got. But the thing about it is, is that He has a lot more for us to learn, and the only way that we can learn it is if we hear His voice. The only way that we can truly understand all of the things that he has for us is if we truly listen to his voice. See, there is a revelation that he has just for you. We can only hear his revelation if we know his voice. Jesus talked about this and gave us this. Uh, you know, he, he, he wants us to see and to understand and to grab this because if we don't know his voice, we will not be able to distinguish him from ourselves. We won't be able to distinguish his voice and his will for our lives because of all of the noise that goes on in this world. We won't be able to hear what He has for us and the things that He wants for us to do and the abundant life that He has for us because Satan is banging the cymbals right next to us because he doesn't want us to hear what God has for us. We've got to know His voice. So for 15 minutes, just 15 minutes, shut off the world. And allow yourselves to hear the voice of Jesus Christ. Allow yourself to hear the voice of the one that lives within you because you believe in the resurrection. You believe in the crucifixion. You believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. You believe that He died for your sins and rose from the grave on the third day. You trust that whenever it says that He walked on water, that He walked on the water. You trust that whenever it said that He fed people with five you know, with five breath, with you fed that He fed the five thousand. You believe and you trust that he did it. We have to hear his voice. For those that are struggling, for those that walk and they say, you know, if, well, me as a teenager, grew up in the Baptist church and you know I'm like you know if if I was truly saved I wouldn't be doing the things and I wouldn't be thinking the things that I've been thinking something's got to be wrong I went and talked to the pastor pastor puts a little pebble in his hand closes his hand he says try to get the pebble out I can't get the pebble out he says, you're saved. He said, don't worry about it. Nothing can snatch you from the hand of God. I'm like, yes, but I'm still doing things I know I shouldn't do. Why is that? I couldn't hear the voice of my Savior, Jesus Christ. Why couldn't I hear him? There again. I wanted to be a professional basketball player. 
So if his conversation with me didn't have anything to do with basketball and how to be better at basketball, I had difficulty hearing him. Unless he was pointing out a pretty girl that had just walked in the church doors. Because I went to church all the time. We put so much stuff We let our finances get in between us and God's voice. Hey, on Vacation Bible School, we talked about being lonely, sitting in the midst of a crowd, of a congregation like this, and sitting there all alone. You feel that no one understands who you are and where you are. No one understands your pain. We shrink so far deep down into ourselves that we do not allow God to touch us. We can't hear his voice because we don't want to. How many of you know what a pity party is? Yeah. See, we go into those pity parties, and and we don't want to hear from anybody, do we? Much less God. You know, Jesus is standing there saying, hey, I got something for you. I need you to hear me. But, you know, whenever we spend that time alone, we've got to spend it in God's Word. You know, there's a passage of Scripture that says that, uh, you know, that God spoke. In many ways, he spoke through the prophets, he spoke through his son Jesus Christ, and now he speaks to us through his word. We've got to have his word. We've got to listen to his word to be able to understand what he truly has for us. We've got to look into this. If not, we don't know his voice. We put so much stuff in our way. We have the good shepherd that is right here and he's talking to us and he wants us to see and he wants us to do the things that he has for us to do. But we are so tied up in ourselves. We're so tied up in the world. We're in our pity party. We don't understand because we haven't read his word that he's really talking. We don't know his voice. And he's standing there saying, hey, I've got good things for you. His scripture tells us that if we love him with all of our heart, all of our mind, all of our soul, and all of our strength, that he will provide for us and he will protect us. He will give us everything that we need to survive on this this earth. He will give us everything that we need so that we can live with him for eternity. So that whenever that last day, that judgment day comes, that we will hear those words, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter into your reward. Wow. I don't know about y'all, but this is a good message. Y'all need to hear some of this stuff. Man, I'm going to close with this if I can get here. 
you know, because we go and we look at verse 28. This is why we hear the voice. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one, here it is, no one can snatch them away from me. No one can take you away from God Almighty. No one can do that. Yes, we can walk away. But if we truly, if we can truly wrap our minds and our hearts around the scripture that says that he will literally pour his spirit into our lives so that we will recognize and know who he is, then we will never, ever walk away from him. Do I need to go through that all over again? We're scared of that verse. Because whenever we truly accept that verse, then we truly give away everything that we have and we live a life that is solely for God. That every decision that we make, every choice, every step, every conversation that we will ever have is to uplift God Almighty. I read in that same book that I got that quote from you earlier. I read in that book this morning. That there is absolutely no conversation that we have that is by chance. And in each one of those conversations, we have the opportunity to give life or to take life. It depends on our words and on whether or not we're following God. And we're listening to the Holy Spirit in our lives. And we are doing and saying what it has for us to do and to say. I don't even know what time it is. Oh, hey, look at that. Right on time. Because the thing about this is, it's a relationship. And it's a relationship that started the moment in time that we received Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. That relationship will only be as deep and as open as you will allow it to be. The more work and the more that you listen to the Holy Spirit and the more that you allow Him to guide and to direct your life, the deeper and the stronger your walk with Him will be. So this morning I started with the challenge. Just 15 minutes. No, wait a minute. I said 30 minutes, didn't I? At first, I said 30 minutes. I, let's go ahead and give you an hour. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. 30 minutes. Shut everything off. Read your scripture. Journal. Whatever. Listen. Listen. For the word of God. He has a revelation that's just for you. He has something just for you. Now, if you accept that challenge, 
as Robbie and the praise and worship team comes up and begins to play. I'm going to ask you to come to the altar and to give it to God. Because if we try to do this on our own, the first Tuesday we might do it. We might even be zealous and we might even go two Tuesdays. But that third Tuesday, we're accidentally going to schedule something for that time. I would ask that you would do it in the evening, just simply so that you can come to the Tuesday night prayer meeting and spend that time away from computer and away from the TV. Spend it here in the church with fellow believers praying. But I also say in the evening, because hopefully everybody here starts their day off with a time of prayer and scripture reading. So I want you to end your day now for Tuesday. If you're willing to do that and to step forward, I ask that you would bring it to the altar and allow God to help you with that. Now, if there's something else in this message that I spoke to you about or God spoke to you about, and that maybe the world's symbols and Satan's symbols are louder than God's voice and you need to get that taken care of. The altar is open for that as well. You might be in a pity party right now. Jesus Christ is calling you out of that party. That party of one. He wants to join you. And he wants to fill your life with joy and with peace. And with happiness. And with mercy love the altar is open for you
says, you know, Pastor, I, you know, I hear what you're saying, but I'm not going to commit to doing 30 minutes whenever I don't really think I can do that. If you won't commit to 30 minutes, how many would commit to 15 minutes? And if you will commit to 15 minutes, raise your hand, and I will pray for you in that 15 minutes. Thank you. I see that. Yes. I understand that, yes. There are some that we're just not there. Fifteen minutes. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much, dear Lord, for, for your word today. Holy Spirit, I thank you for being here in our midst and ministering to us. And all these that are here at the altar that says that they will commit to this. And the ones that are at their pews that said that they will commit to calling out to you and to spending 30 minutes every Tuesday with you, listening to your voice. God, I pray that you would bless them. And God, I pray that they would meet you right there in those times. God, the ones that were honest and said, you know, I don't think I can do 30 minutes, but I'll do 15 minutes. God, I pray that you will bless them. God, I pray that your spirit will be poured out upon them in their 15 minutes. God, we love you. And God, we thank you. God, we thank you for all that you do. God, I pray that we would hear your voice. God, I pray that each one here would receive that special revelation that you have for them. And whatever that revelation would be, that we would embrace it and that we would live strong with it 
and that we would share it with others. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord, I need you. Lord.